We'll go back there and beat them up or something. But uh, it's a bunch of little kids out there having fun, and that's a blessing. Uh, Brother Cliff, Cliff uh, Taylor's going to preach at us tonight. So, uh, Brother Tom, where's Brother Tom at? Oh, here. Elizabeth said there was a, a thing back. Okay, but, but we'll let you give a testimony about what's going on since you're a missionary and evangelist, missionary, evangelist, evangelist, missionary. Uh, and then, then you can preach after that. So that way he didn't have to. We talk. Is that okay? Or do you want to do that? Who's the letter? Oh, Mike Wheeler? Ah, we'll get him later. <laughs> Amen, brother. I'll let you come on up. He ain't here, man, if he's here. And uh, just let you know that Mrs. Peacock will be coming to camp with us. Jesse, one, two, three. So that was a blessing. I didn't know that. I got the, uh, air, the airline tickets in the mail or in the email today. And I seen Dr. Peacock and Mrs. Peacock, so that was a blessing. Is that working? Hello? Yeah, I think it is. Amen. Well, amen. By way of testimony, let me just say God is good. Amen. All the time. And uh, if you look out in the parking lot, there's a new rig sitting there, which is completely a miracle. Um, our old one died. We were driving down the road, and parts started falling off, and I knew things were going to get rough. And, in fact, I even put it in my prayer letter that, you know, I... I had visions of driving down the road, dragging the pieces off the back, and uh, we pulled into Pace, Arizona, where we bought this one, and uh, it was uh, a little old lady owned it. It's a typical little old lady story, amen? She only lived in it on Sunday for church. No, I'm kidding. But uh, it was only three months old, so that alone saved us about $45,000, and we were able to get a 2022, which that is, for a lot less money, amen, and we had looked and prayed and looked and prayed. And, you know, at my age, I really am not looking to go after, you know, large sums of debt or money or anything like that. And, uh, I, in fact, I, I looked at maybe uh, buying a piece of property in Florida and dragging that thing, the old one to Florida and just setting it there and, and working out of Florida. Amen. That's our home church. We like it there. And, and so I thought about that, prayed about that. And God would not give me any peace. And I had the perfect piece of property. And God said no. When God says no, I learned a long time ago, it's yes, sir. Amen. Uh, don't try to kick the door open. You'll hurt yourself. So uh, then I looked at some things in Pennsylvania, some things going on up there. I still have the family property up there, but it's kind of costing me more than I can say. And so I prayed about it. God said no. And I said, well, Lord, I, look, would you, God, would you make this decision so simple that I couldn't miss it? Would you put this thing down where there's no confusion? You're not the author of confusion, and more than one way is confusing, and more than one choice is confusing. God, I only need one choice. You show me the one choice, and I'll follow that. And the Lord pretty much dumped that right in our lap, amen. We were actually going to look at something different and saw that one on the way, and the Lord led us back there, and lo and behold, there it sets. And we were... Uh, had it set up like we had our other one set up through the same finance company. And they said, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. And I said, well, yeah. I said, but your payments are a little, a little more out of my range. I said, Could you, would you give me the balloon payment like I had on the other loan? I had that one almost paid off. I had a 10-year balloon, which is not out. It's, I only, we only had it four years. It was brand new when we bought it. And we already had it just about paid off. And so we were working it, you know, 
doing the same thing with this one. And the guy looked it up on the computer. And, oh, yeah, I can do that. And he did it. And they got approved. And everything was cool. And we went over and we started moving in out of the old one into the new one. We had him sitting in Brother Grissy's parking lot there. We pulled the old one in, backed the new one in. And you're just kind of going back and forth from door to door. And, man, this is going really good. We're about three quarters moved in. I get a phone call from the dealer that says, I got some bad news. I said, what's the bad news? He said, well, he said, you know, I, we, we can't do that. They disapproved your financing. I said, wait a minute. They just approved it two days ago. And my wife, she kind of, yeah, they can't do that. I said, well, they did. And there's nothing I can do about it. So we've got to find God in this thing and see what God's up to here. And so long story short, the Lord gave us peace, and we went forward. Amen. And uh, I called Brother Dutton, Brother Spurgeon, and I talked to him because I knew he would shoot me straight. He wouldn't look at me and say, well, you know, if I do this, I say that, I'm going to hurt his feelings. He don't care. I mean, he's going to tell me what he sees, you know. So I called him up and I said, brother, what would you say? He said, brother, God didn't bring you that far to dump you in the ditch. He said, go forward. I said, okay. And God had already given me peace about that, but I, I just, you know, amen, it's good to get a little counsel. And so, amen, God said, go ahead, so go forward. So we did. And I got back to the trailer, and I thought, man, this is going to be a whopper. <laughs> this thing is almost double what our other payment was. And I said, wow, Lord, uh, you know. Long story short, I got a phone call. And uh, a brother that supports us, he said, uh, look, he said, uh, brother, didn't you hear yet? Have you not seen your support? And I said, no, I haven't seen the sheet. But I said, what's up? He said, well, he said, we doubled your support last week or last month. And I said, oh, that's great. <laughs> And that made up, see, they, they, they jacked my price up twice, my payment. And then when he jacked it up the second time, it was another 100 bucks. That made up half of that. So we're driving toward Vegas, going back to teach. And I'm on my way, and the phone rings, and another brother comes in. And he says, uh, Brother, God's been laying you on my heart. And he said, God has told me to, to support you for $250 a month. And I said, well, that's a blessing. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Now I'm, now I'm really starting to see the hand of God here. You know, I'm starting to get excited. And I went a little further, and before we got landed in Vegas, I had another call. And the other, that call was to take care of some, another portion of it. And then, uh, basically, we wound up lacking $50. And uh, I, we had a graduation, and we have a fellow in West Memphis, Arkansas, that's one of our students that we uh, graduated, gave him his diploma. And he came out to get the diploma and, and, and get it in person. And he was there, and he said... Uh, Brother, how did this thing all come to pass? So I was telling him how it came to pass. And he said, well, brother, and I didn't tell him anything about the last $50. He said, brother, we're going to double your support. He said, his church supports us. And he said, we're going to double your support. And there was the other $50. Amen. Amen. So I'm glad God knows what he's doing. Amen. I'm just glad that, that somehow, amen, or a, a hillbilly can bounce around a little bit and find God and figure out what God wants and do what God wants. Now, that was that. But, man, I got to tell you, people have been saved. We had a guy saved in, 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 uh, in Arizona, in Phoenix. And he came to the meeting. And, and, man, he come in, and this guy looked rough. And I looked at him. I thought, man, if ever there was a candidate for salvation, he's it. I mean, this guy's looking bad. I mean, he's been road hard and put up wet. And I said, whew. So I started praying. Well, I got up and preached, and this guy just stood there. And he's looking, and he's going, Gave invitation, and he's still just kind of, and all of a sudden, I see him, he leans over to somebody and says, whispers in their ear, and off they go. I didn't know what was going on. 
So next thing I know, everybody's done cleared out, and we're outside eating. He comes around the corner after he'd gotten saved. And it was like the light of God was preceding him around the corner. I mean, this guy come around the corner. It was like, boom. Hey, guys, let me tell you what happened to me. Amen. And I mean, this guy's just, I mean, he's just bubbling over. And all of a sudden he stops. He says, wow, this is unreal. I don't normally talk to people like this. <laughs> Amen. Man, he said, you wouldn't believe. Man, it's just so different. I said, yeah, that's what happens when you get saved. Amen. You become different. Amen. I'm so glad, amen, that God's still in business. You know, I prayed about what to preach on tonight, and, you know, I thought about, well, you know, I've got all kinds of messages on why things are upside down, but we all know why they're upside down. Amen. We got a book that told us things were going to be messed up in these days, and they're not going to get any better. Amen. And so what do you do? You just keep serving God. Amen. amen. So what I want to do is try to encourage you a little bit tonight. Um. Baby, can you hand me my water? Uh, take your Bible, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Thank you. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and uh, we'll just start there in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction... The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. See, we got a bunch of folks, amen. Uh, we were talking about it a little earlier before church started. You know, you can't complain, right? I'd have to lie to complain. But you know, my stinking flesh tries to do it anyway. Amen. I mean, God has been too good to me to complain. He, I, hey, listen, his mercies are new every morning. He doesn't fail us, Amen. So the great trial of affliction, and what did they find? They found the riches of their liberality. They got more liberal when things got tough, amen. They got, amen, better at it when things got tough. And a lot of times that's what things are tough for, so we will get better at it. Amen. For their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Father, thank you for the privilege tonight. I don't take it lightly. God, the best I know how I give you the vessel. God, I plead the blood over it. God, that you'd wash it and cleanse it anew and afresh. And that, Lord God, you'd fill the vessel with the Spirit of God to overflowing and allow that overflow to speak to each heart. Strengthen and encourage the saints of God. Help the soldiers stand one more day. And God, help them go on, Lord, till this thing's over. Lord, we're looking for you tonight. We're longing for you. We love you. And, Lord, if you come right now, that's fine with us. But, Lord, if you don't come right now, we need your help. And we'll thank you, Father, for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. I got thinking about this right here. Uh, I said a little bit about it last week in a meeting, but it didn't really have much together. And uh, this the Lord gave me today as I was sitting there praying and writing, amen, and looking and studying. I want to say this. He did it all for you. He did it all for me. Amen. 
Though he was rich, right? Yet for your sakes he became poor. He laid aside his deity for a dirt ball. Amen. He laid aside uh, Isaiah 9, 6. That talks about that for unto us. A child is born unto us. A son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. That's him. That's him. That's the one that spoke, amen, and there was a world, amen. That's the one, amen, that flung the stars in space. That's the one, amen, that the power of his word set everything in motion where it's at, amen, and put it to life. He brought life to the universe, amen. That's him, amen. The mighty God, Job said of him in Job 34, 12. Yea, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert judgment. Well, I've been saying all along, I said, man, if they just give me 15 minutes, just give me 15 minutes to talk to the Senate, amen? 15 minutes to talk to the, to, to the House. And oh, by the way, have, have the President and, and his whatever she is with him, amen? Just give me 15 minutes. Why? I've got the answer. Amen. God has let me preach. I've preached to presidents. I've preached and witnessed to prime ministers in other countries. And hey, listen, you know what they do? They get up in the morning. They put their pants on just like you and I do, guys. Amen. They're no different. Amen. They think they are, but they're not. They're still sinners just like you and me. Amen. And the same gospel that saved us is what will save them. Amen. Give me one shot. That's all I need. Amen. After that, it's up to them. Amen. Job said there in 37, 23, uh, touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. He's excellent in power and in judgment and in plenty of justice. He will not afflict. Man, I'm telling you, he's a good God. Amen. And he is just. Amen. I, well, I'm, you know, I think about, you know, eternity. I think about getting there. I think about, you know, we go up and, and there we are. We go through the judgment seat of Christ. And think what you want to. Amen. Doesn't matter. It's going to be the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. You're going to stand before the judge. You're going to give an account. Amen. Just like me. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. And there we are. We give the account. And I don't know how it's going to be, but I know this. Uh, I know my life hasn't all been wasted. I was dealing with a man here not long back, and he's, and he's been a missionary all over the world. Different places. He sent this mission organization out in Indiana somewhere, sent him. And he goes here and he goes there and he's been in Israel and he's been over down in South Africa. He's been all over the place. And so he goes over there and he says, man, I'm telling you, he said, it's a waste of time. I said, man, I can't say that. Mine ain't a waste of time. Brother, man, I got stories to tell. He said, well, you teach them and they don't get it. I said, then you didn't teach them the right stuff. Amen. You got to teach them that book, you know. And he don't because he's not a Bible believer. So what are you going to teach them? Your doctrine? Man, if all you got is your doctrine, you ain't got much. You better be able to teach them about the God of that book and show them who he is and prepare them to meet him, amen, and get them ready, amen, witness to them, get them saved, and feed them that book. You feed them that book, they'll come out of there different, amen, than they were when they went in, just like you and I did. Man, I'll never forget, man. I mean, I could tell you story after story after story, man. Just, uh, just people getting saved and people getting trained. The greatest thing I've ever had. I'm teaching now in an institute in Las Vegas because I'm driving out across West Texas. And I'm having a talk with the Lord. And I said, you know, Lord, I love what you've had me do. I am not complaining here, God. 
Man, I, everything you've ever put me into has borne fruit and is still bearing fruit. And God, I'm so thankful. But I said, Lord, I miss teaching. I miss watching their eyeballs pop when they get it. Little did I know that my dear friend was going to die and I was going to wind up teaching. But God put that thing all together. And man, we just graduated the first class with the bachelors uh, May, May the 15th. And what a blessing, man. Some, some have already launched out, amen? And what a blessing to see him go. What a blessing to see him step out and serve God and work for God and do something for God and use the book. And, and man, the, the thank yous that come. Preacher, I'm sure glad you taught me like you did. You taught us that that was our Bible and we're not to let anybody take it from us. And you taught us to make that Bible our tool. And that's what we're doing. And preacher, it works just like you said it would. Well, duh, that's what it's supposed to do. Man, you, you give them the right food, brother, and they'll come out of that thing with a little bit of guts and a little bit of grit and a little bit of backbone. Amen? And they won't fall by, you know, every wind of doctrine. They won't get blown about. Amen? Why? Because, hey, listen, man, the Lord Jesus Christ laid aside his deity to be a dirt ball. So you and I, dirt balls, amen, could gain his deity one day. Amen. That same God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Almighty, he said this back in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Think about this now. Verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them. That's those heathen. Amen. That's those Belials. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Man, there's a lack of separation nowadays. God commands us to be separate, to be different. And touch not the unclean thing. You know what most folks are doing today? If that's the unclean thing, man, I'm no, no offense to the piano, but they're going, and they got their hands all over it. And they can't figure out why their life's a wreck. Get away from the unclean thing, amen? And run as far from it as you can. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. That's what they miss. But see, he, he said he'd receive you, but how? After you've not touched the unclean thing, after you've separated, after you've become, amen, and started walking like a Christian ought to walk, amen, and living like a Christian ought to live. And I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. First thing most Baptists do, man, they hear separation, they cringe, and they want to run out the door. Man, wait a minute, there's a real good thing to that. You get a father that will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He'll be there in your darkest hour. Amen. He will carry you. Amen. Through the, the heaviest burden you've ever had. He'll pick it up and he'll take it. Amen. And, he'll, and you won't even know, amen, what it was. People used to ask me, oh, man, you, you, you forsook so much. You gave up so much to go to New Guinea and live in a grass hut. Yeah. And the first night it didn't even have a roof and it was raining. But you know what? Ask my wife if we gave up anything. Didn't give up anything. I mean, what are you going to give up here, amen, when, when you gain what you get, amen, from being separate from all that stuff and just doing the will of God? He said, I beseech you, therefore, uh, by the mercies of God, you present your body as a living sacrifice. Well, man, if you're a living sacrifice, you know what that sacrifice doesn't do? It doesn't care. 
Amen. What are you going to do to something that's already been sacrificed? How can you hurt it? I'm telling you, man, uh, my mission board director at one point wrote me a letter. He said, Red, I'm sorry to hear. I used to have red hair. He said, I'm sorry to hear that you're having such a rough time over there. I said, what's a rough time? I didn't come over here, amen, to sit on a park bench and eat bonbons. I came over here to win people to Jesus Christ, to teach them the Bible and let them grow and, amen, help them start churches and teach them how to go at it. And that's what they're doing. I'm having the time of my life. And then when God said no, man, that's the hardest thing I ever had to do. But you know what? I learned that the will of God is always best, even if you don't like it at first, even if you don't understand it at first. Man, sometimes God will turn your direction a little bit. When he turns your direction, you better be paying attention. Why? Because you're, you're fixing to miss a big blessing, and you're fixing to miss some of those divine appointments given to you by this guy. Hey, listen, what did he give up? He left it all, man, to come down here for you and me. Amen? And he left his deity, man. He laid aside his deity to become a dirt ball. And, uh, you know, here we are. We're vile. We're wretched. We're undone in our sins. Had he not done that, where would we be? See? Then Philippians 2, 2 verse 5 says, Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He was God. Amen. But made himself of no reputation. You know, I cringe when somebody tries to pat me on the back. I don't like it. I'd rather they just not say it. Thank you, brother, whatever. But, you know, I just don't like it. I know me. And I know who did it. If anybody got a blessing out of it, it wasn't me. It was God. Amen. But folks are looking for reputation. Turn on the TV or whatever, Internet or wherever, and look at some of them preachers on there. They're looking for the reputation. Amen. Jesus wasn't. You know, his reputation was, Isaiah 53, he was despised and rejected. Amen. But he made himself of no reputation, took upon the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wow. He laid aside his deity to become a dirt ball. And he became obedient unto death. In that. Wow, that's, that's some deep water right there. Laid aside his crown for a cross, that we through his cross might gain a crown. It says over there in he, uh, Hebrews 2 7, Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownest him with glory and honor, and it set him over the works of thy hands. Timothy put it this way in 2 Timothy 4 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also. All them also. Amen. That love his appearing. Man, I'm telling you, folks, look. You look around. It don't take very, very much looking to figure out. He's not far hence, is he? Amen. I mean, this thing's getting close. This thing is winding down. Amen. And you're gonna, you and I better get busy doing what we need to do if we need to do anything because you ain't going to have much longer. Amen? I mean, this thing's fixing to close down. And what are you looking for? Man, every day I look up. Now, out, out west out there, it's real hard to see clouds. They don't have them too often. I get up in the morning, it's blue sky, and the sun's just big, brilliant sun, you know. 
Man, I said, well, Lord, you know, it's cloudy somewhere. <laughs> Amen. And wherever it is, I don't care. Lord, come today. Would you please? Would you please? Amen. I'd sure love to see him. I don't know about you. Man, where were you when he found you? Think about that, man. Where were you? What kind of a mess was it around you? Amen. My, my, my. He laid aside that crown for that cross so that we might receive a crown through his cross. He laid aside his sinlessness to become sin for us. And that one gets me every time. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Man, righteousness. I mean, I'm dealing with somebody right now. They think they're righteous. And man, are they ever wrong. You know what Job's one problem was? He thought he was righteous. And God proved that thing out to him. But uh, be careful thinking you're righteous. You know where we have our righteousness? In Jesus Christ alone. Amen. We can, we can lay claim to nothing that's righteous. Everything about us is filthy. Everything about us is unclean. Everything about us is made of sin. Amen. And if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, we'd all be in a mess. Amen. But he laid aside his sinlessness to become sin for us. He exchanged the sinner for the sinless one. Amen. I mean, he became sin. Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm glad to say, you know, I said back there, and I forget which one of the prophets it is, but he said this, he that rejoiceth, let him rejoice in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, man, what a blessing to understand and know him. Amen. Amen. And then he said this, uh, he said, well, the Bible, I, I want to say this, he laid aside his authority and power to become powerless. Now get this, here he is on the throne, right? And he's got all the adoration, I mean, of all the host of heaven. Everywhere you look, man, there's angels, there's cherubims, there's seraphims, man. They're all just adoring him. They're all, you know, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, thou which is and was to come and all that. Amen. There they are just praising him, honoring him. And he stands up, steps off the throne, steps down on the, amen, down off the throne and out on the sea of glass. The next thing he's on a cloud. Psalmist said that he came upon a cloud. He rode upon a cloud and did ride. Amen. And he comes down. And he comes down, amen, for what? For you, for me, for the whole world. He stepped out of all of that uh, glory, all that honor, amen, all the wings flapping from the cherubims, amen, and all that stuff, right? I mean, it's a noisy place up there. And they're all, it's all about him. They're glorifying him. They're honoring him. And he just said, you know, there's somebody that needs what I've got a whole lot more than these guys here do, and I'm going to go help them. And he comes down, right? He came all the way down. He didn't just go halfway. He didn't just do it for the half. He didn't just go down and, you know, kind of halfway fix it. These charismatics got it all wrong, man. It's like, you know, flop around a little bit and then they get healed, you know. It don't work that way. He did the whole deal. He bought every one of your sins. And my sins and the whole world's sins. Why? He put them all under the blood. He took them to hell, put them where they belong, and came out. Amen. Amen. And for what? So that you and I could be free. Amen. 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 And now, you know, 
Sometimes they want to threaten us with jail, you know. You know, lock us up in a prison. What's going to happen? We're still going free. When that trumpet blows, it don't matter where we are. We're going free. Amen. But Matthew chapter 27 and verse 42, those chief priests mocked him. And they said he saved others, but himself he cannot save. Right? If thou be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. He told them they would. You wouldn't believe if God rose one from the dead. Right? He stayed on the cross. And you know what's the cool thing? While he stayed on the cross, he saved a thief. Amen. While they're mocking him, he saved a thief. Right? And the other thief over here, he's mocking too. But this thief over here, man, he said, uh-uh, you better be careful here, you know. Huh? That's my paraphrase. Amen. He stayed on the cross, he saved a thief. You know what he did? He saved on the cross. He stayed on the cross and he saved me. He looked beyond that cross and he saw the date. Amen. March the 7th, 1981, when Cliff Taylor would come to the end of himself. Amen. And turn to God and beg for forgiveness and ask for salvation. And he granted. Why? Because he stayed on the cross. He laid aside his authority. I mean, he had, they said over there in, uh, in uh, I think it's Luke 20-something. 20, 20 it's in Matthew also. But he's talking about that thing about how he, uh, he could have called all those angels, right? He could have called all those angels. But he didn't. You know, he didn't have to stay on the cross. He chose to. And he did it for you and me. Amen. So we could be free. I like being free. I don't know about you, amen, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, I've been down to Cuba, been to a few other places, and, and it's real nice being free. Amen. It's real nice to have your own choice of what you want to do, where you want to go. Amen. What's the greatest thing about being free? You are free to go to heaven or not go to heaven. It's your choice. Aren't you glad you made the right choice? <laughs> amen. It's, he laid aside, amen, his authority and power. That power was power enough to strengthen. That's where he said, Matthew 26 is where it was, where he told, the, told him, he said, don't you know, man, I can call uh, all these 12 legions of angels and, 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 you know, I can get out of this thing, but I'm not. Amen. That's power, power to strengthen. That encourages me when I know my Lord went through that for me. I mean, man, you know, these little things we go through, what is that to what, compared to what he went through? I mean, you know, it's nothing. And then uh, it was power, amen, to send us out. Power to send us out, Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And they said, Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. You know what that means? It is so. All power. He had enough power, man. I mean, he, he could have spoke and blew the whole thing up. I mean, he built it in the first place with his word. Amen. He laid aside that power. And that was the same power that sent us out. And sends us out to this day. 
to go and tell them. He laid aside his sonship that the poor fallen men on this earth could become the sons of God. Amen. We're to go in his strength. We're to go in his power. We're to go in his name. And we're to go and tell his story. You know, you start telling his story, you know what you'll get? You'll get many stories to tell what he did because you told his story. God's still in business, folks. Doesn't matter, amen, what anybody says. You know, uh, you've, you've heard it all by this, time, by this time, I'm sure. And listen, the world get, can get pretty depressing if you look at it very long. Amen, it's a mess. But you know what? It's always been a mess. And it's always going to be a mess. But Jesus will never be a mess. Amen. And he laid aside his kingship so we could become kings and priests. You know, after he laid aside all that, here's what he says to us. I quoted it earlier. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Take a look at it. Verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I've had a lot of folks ask along the way, they say, Preacher, how, how, how do you prove the will of God? I mean, I'm... I'm thinking about doing a series on it. I'd be amazed, you'd be amazed at how many preachers don't know how to prove the will of God. And I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm just telling you. I asked a preacher last week. I said, could you prove me the will of God for you? Can you tell me what, what God expects of you? And he just looked at me dumbfounded. I asked one a few years back. I said, hey man, if you can show me this is the will of God, I'm with you all the way. I'm with anybody who wants to do the will of God. Listen, he expects us to do the will of God. You, you think he'd make it hard to find? Huh? No. It's not hard to find. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Well, if God's ordering your steps, how does he order them? David put it this way in Psalm 119, 133. He said, order my steps thereto in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Your steps are in that book. And if you'll get a relationship with that book, like, you, amen, like you have with the Savior, that's him, isn't it? Amen. Where you're in that book, and, and that book gets in you, and he begins to talk to you out of that book. He'll show you. He'll show you exactly. Well, it doesn't have it exactly. Yes, it does. And you'll know it. And you know what? You won't make a mistake doing it that way. And when you come out the other side, you look back and go, Wow. Look at that. Look what God did. People ask me all the time, how did that happen? I said, I just went where I was told. I did what I was told. That's all I know to do is do what I'm told. I read my Bible. God tells me what to do, and I do it. If the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way, ask anybody who knows me, man. I'm a happy camper. No, I'm a happy liver. I'm not camping. I'm having the time of my life. 
Why? Because for 41 years, every turn I had to make, I looked in there and I said, God, show me. I got to know this is what you want. Show me. When I didn't go back to New Guinea, man, I took a week. Uh, brother, uh, uh, the guy in Vietnam, I forget his name. Robert. Brother Mike Roberts, I was out here where he, when he pastored out there and, and staying in the little house there he had. And I was praying, I was fasting, I was reading, I'm begging God, show me. And every day he showed me, Brother Joe, the same thing from a different place in the Bible because I'm reading through. He showed me the same thing. And when I got to the end of it, let me show you this. Proverbs chapter 8 and I'm through. Proverbs chapter 8. God doesn't make this thing hard. Listen, the hardest thing he had to do is come here for us. And he doesn't make it hard for us. Proverbs chapter 8, I believe is where it's at. And verse 8 is where it starts. And, of course, reading the eighth proverb on the eighth day of that month. And God had shown me all, I mean, even back in 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, as I came through for that week. Every day I said, God, I'm not trying to be a rebel, but this is a major change. New Guinea is where, I, that's all I know, God. My, I mean, the work is over there, and I gave God all these, what I thought were reasons. He later showed me were just excuses. He said, you're going to do the will of God, or are you going to go because you feel like you need to be there? He said, they're doing the work you taught them to do. Leave them alone, let them do it. And they have. They've started about, I don't know, last, last count was like 25 churches out of six that we started. Amen, they're doing a great job. And so I said, Lord, I got to know. And it came to the eighth day, and I ran across that. All the words of my mouth, verse 8, are in righteousness. There is nothing froward or perverse in them. The Lord spoke to my heart. He said, I've told you what to do. It's the right thing to do. The next verse says, they are all plain to him that understandeth, and right to them that find knowledge. He said, it's plain to you. I've told you the same answer every day from a different passage of Scripture. I've shown you. I've spoke to your heart. He said, now, go, do what I told you to do. Verse 10, receive my instruction. That's as far as I got. God said, I told you what to do. Now do it. Amen. And the proof's in the pudding, as they say. The fruit of God. That's what I long for. Brother, listen. I'm 65. You know what I want more than anything in my life? You can have it all. I, I don't need this world's good. I, 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 listen, I've never begged for it. I've never looked for it. I'm just happy to, amen, be doing what I'm doing for God. But now at this age, Pastor, you know what I want more than anything? I want them little grandkids. Amen. And I want them little great-grandkids to be able to have a legacy to say, you know what? My papa served God. And he said God would take care of me till my dying day. And I want them to see that. I want them to see that God is real, just as real today as he was 41 years ago. And God starts putting stuff in our way and troubles in our way and breakdowns in our way and things falling apart in our way. We pulled into the place and the pieces are falling off of it as we pulled in. And God says, I got this. And you know what my kids started telling me? They said, Dad, you always did say, God's got this. That's what I want them to know. 
Man, this world is so uncertain. It's so messed up. Amen. Things are upside down, inside out, backwards, everything else. I want to know that amidst all that, there's a God standing tall, amen, saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, amen. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. I'm not really wore out tonight. The old flesh gets tired. The body gets weak. But I ain't wore out. I'm fired up, man. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Amen. Let's go do it. Let's go do something for God while we got time. Amen. Amen. Let's just keep serving God no matter what. Father, thank you for the privilege tonight. I pray God has been a help and a blessing. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.